0: Something is wrong, and it's time to stand up.
1: You are listening to the John Age Show. Trust no one. Trust no one. Trust no one. You found it. You're here. You're headlong down the runaway train that is the Anomic Age, and I'm your host, John Age, coming at you in the not-so-wee hours of the PM once again, bringing you a great episode today. We got Debbie Bacigalupi with us here in the Anomic Age, but before we get into that, please check out AnomicAge.com. If you've not already done so, like all the likes, subscribe to all the subscriptions, and share those links, friends, family, loved ones, and enemies. If you scroll down there to sort of midway to the bottom, you can see the free iPhone app, the free Android app, paypal.me forward slash AnomicAge, patreon.com forward slash AnomicAge as well. You can become a sponsor. You can donate. You can become a patron. You can do just about anything you like at AnomicAge.com. That being said, you'll get the full Monty with today's episode, the video, and the audio as well. And I highly encourage you to check out the previous two other shows from, I believe, last year where we had Debbie on again. So um, thankfully, she is back with us today. Debbie Bacigalupi, folks, is a California cattle rancher who is in demand throughout the West as an educational speaker on Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, Cap and Trade, Sustainable Development. Property rights, dams, water rights, conservation, and so much more. We're very happy to have her with us today. Debbie, how are you?
0: Well, you can add wolves now. Wolves. To that list.
1: What's going on with the wolves?
0: Predator. Oh, there. So here we are in Northern California on a cattle ranch with over the many decades that my parents have owned this ranch um i think my mom is coming in right now uh mom come say hi to everybody (laughs) the years that we've owned this ranch she's bringing my laundry isn't she such a good mom
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's the best thank you so much all
0: right Mom, this is John. John just asked about the wolves. Come on in and share your thoughts about the wolves. My thoughts about the wolves. Um, They're newly introduced in our area. Yeah. And we have at least how many now? At least eight wolves. I think they're another weapon against the ranchers and farmers, as is the taking of our irrigation water and um, all the rules and regulations they place on us now. I think it's just one more arrow in their quiver. Mm-hmm. Well put. Good grief. Definitely what is going on. And definitely a part of Agenda 21, when I was first researching, thanks, Mom. Um, Thank you. When I was first started re- researching Agenda 21, which we've talked about, John, many times now, I found a United Nations wolf manifesto. And in that wolf manifesto, it's not a long document, Mm -hmm. but there's enough information in there to say that they are on an agenda to introduce these apex predators back into the system. So in Montana, for example, uh, and, and through the Rockies, there's a Yellowstone, and I guess Wyoming then, of course, up to Canada, there's the Yellowstone to Yukon, um, Y2Y corridor where they want to you know protect grizzly bears, introduce grizzly bears and introduce more wolves into the system. And by the way, there's ranches and private property within that system, but they want to make it a, a protected habitat for these apex predators. Hmm. And here's the thing, it's just like, you know, these are not zoos per se. There's no borders, per se, meaning physical fences that are going to keep these animals, these apex predators, within that system. These are, you know, animals that, like the wolf, they disperse. They travel. They can travel up to 50 miles a day. And and they breed, uh, uh, I don't know if precipitously is the right word, but they breed every year, they're back breeding. And they've got, I don't know how many five pups, 10 pups, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so then they expand and they expand from there. So, because, you know, just like many dogs, if you just think about the nature of a dog, it's nature is to pack up, right? To form a pack, travel in packs because they're a pack animal. And then, and then they go and they breed and they, you've got your apex, your, your, your alpha wolf, your alpha male, who that wolf wants to, you know, they get in fights and they want to, you know, just, I mean, it's not difficult to, to picture that whole wolf scenario where they're out hunting and they're out, um, and, and it's a game, it's a sport for them as well as hunting is a, it's a game and a sport as well as a way for their sustenance. And they don't, it's not like human beings that when we go hunting, usually it's, um, I'm talking slowly because I'm concerned that you, know we, John and I, prior to this call, have had internet issues. So if there's internet issues and I'm, you know, my mouth is moving, but it's not matching what I'm saying, uh, I apologize, it's probably on my end, uh, being in very rural America with mountains all around us. So it's probably my end and I apologize for that, everybody. But I hope that the content is worth listening to. So with the wolves, uh, what they do is think about a cow, and, and I know we launched into something we probably weren't gonna talk about, but it's a great conversation because this is going to, the wolf population is expanding incredibly in the Western United States. So like my mom was saying, it feels like there's just all these different attacks on ranching and farming. There is, that is the truth. And that is part of the agenda for the 21st century, AKA agenda 21 sustainable development. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, these rules, how they go after their, 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 um, so they're predators, and how they go after their game, after they, they go after their victim, is if you think about a cow, or a deer, or an elk, or an antelope, and I'm facing this way, because, well, unlike us, we can't see behind our head. And where the wolves attack is behind. And they go after the legs, and the feet, and the hindquarters to take down their their prey. They get the animal on a run. They get the deer, the elk, whatever, going on a run. And when my parents first bought this ranch, you know, decades ago, they'd see 300 deer in a day. Yeah. Every night, 300 deer. I mean, we're lucky to see, we're like really lucky to see three. And I am not under-exaggerating there. These days, we're lucky to, to see three. And it's not just because of the wolves. The wolves are fairly new. But you've got lots of bear, you've got lots of mountain lion, you've got lots of coyotes, you've got lots of bobcats, you've got all these predators that are already, and then hunting, of course. And out of all of those, the most humane, truly humane, is hunting. And because hunting, you know, the hunter wants that that animal, you know, or cattle ranching, you know, when we butcher our cows, it's a quick butcher. It's not like the wolves that take a bite where it's a long painful death sometimes the the animals whether it's a cow or a, a a a deer you know it's it's it could be days before they're dead and the birds start flying in and they start pecking their eyes out i mean it's just maybe the, the public needs to see this so that they could say wait a minute okay there's already too many predators yeah we're missing elk, we're missing deer, we're missing that balance. So what are they going to go after, Those, these predators? They're going to go after the ranchers and the farmers' livestock. And why do you care? Why should you care? Well, because you rely on that livestock, the byproducts. You may not eat the meat, but you rely, you you know, if you're watching or listening to this, this, this uh, uh, Skype interview, Your whole, how you got your computer, how you got your smartphone, how you got your connectivity to the internet, it all comes from many things, including livestock byproduct. So you may be pro-wolf, but you don't need a wolf to be existing in modern day society and getting your business done via technology. But your technology absolutely needs my cow in order to operate for connectivity, for the trucks that have used livestock byproduct, whether it's lubricants in the motor, lubricants in, in, um, in, in how the wheels turn, um, collagen, fatty ash, acid, fatty tissues used to build parts, to build tires. Elmer on Elmer's glue is a cow. You can see Elmer is a cow. The clue is in the glue. Sticky things are uh, are from livestock byproduct. Your sticky notes, when you take notes and you have sticky notes and you need to mark a big old book that I'm going to go into like this, see all my sticky notes, yeah. that's livestock byproduct. The ink that was used on this book, livestock byproduct. The ink on tattoos is livestock byproduct. So the problem with... Introducing now another predator into an already taxed, when I'm talking about wildlife now, a taxed area, it's it's getting head-shaking. And, you know, uh, we're not anti-wolf, but we're anti that these wolves here in California and now in Colorado, and unlike other places like Montana in Colorado and California, for example, if you harm one of these wolves, you can go to jail and and I think it's up to 10 years depending on the crime. It's now a crime and you can be charged $100,000. They can be attacking, these wolves can be attacking your dogs in your front yard and you can't do a thing. And so we're not anti-wolf. What we are is anti-being able to protect our own animals, protect our own private property from a predator, from a murderer. And that's what they are. They're not cute and cuddly. But it is part of the agenda for the 21st century. And it is, they, these, these apex predators have more property rights now than you and I do.
1: It's so sad. The bottom line is the humans are the endangered species. We just had not figured it out yet. I mean, we've we've sort of lionized, pun intended, all these endangered species, and they're so wonderful, we've got to protect them. But they're missing the picture is that we're the ones – I mean, Agenda 21, the rewilding program, is really what this is all about, is rewilding all these cities and neighborhoods and rural areas and forcing people into these little Agenda 21 houses. But to do that, they've got to, to rewild – and, and sort of, uh, I guess, untame everything that had been tamed for centuries here in the United States. It's really disgusting.
0: It is. It is. You know, and I, our, it, it's the more we get into these, you know, my mom mentioned water and taking away our ability to irrigate. We, I, I don't believe our founding fathers spent the time and the energy and risk life and limb to get here and look back at the 800 years of history that they used, um, also acknowledging God as our creator, knowing that if man gives you your rights, man can do exactly what they're doing now and try and take them away, whether it's your water rights, your land rights, your right to, to... Assemble in front of the Capitol and pray, you know, all these different things that, you know, somebody who's elected or not elected or appointed is now saying, no, you can't do that. You can't pray in school. You can't pray on the Capitol. You can't even go on the Capitol steps right now because January 6th, right? Because of that insurrection. So using all these different things to limit and not just limit, but actually, John, take away those God given rights that are to be protected by the very same documents that these very same people who want to, you know, take away your property rights and whatever else rights, they took an oath to those things. They took, they are violating not only the oath that they took to and swore upon in the U.S. Constitution, but also acknowledging the oath that they took acknowledging almighty God as our creators, whether they believe Him or not, they took an oath to that. And so now to be coming along. And, and so I think what, you know, as my mom said, they're trying to take away um, chipping away at our e- ability to irrigate even and to provide food, to provide for others, to pro- and not only ourselves, but others, but also to provide this green open space that is fire protection, drought control, it's feed, it's habitat for everything from, from these little tiny black gnat-like things that are growing up on, the, that are, that are, you, on these weeds. We've got millions and millions of, of locusts right now, grasshoppers that are, and, 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 and I mean, just everything from this like, little minute animal to protecting even the darn wolves that they're introducing. There's not one species that this ranch that I'm on does not protect. Not one. But you look at what government, the land that government has taken over, which is their idea. You brought up the Wildlands Project, the rewilding of America. You look at these these, these pieces of property, and there's plenty of examples here where I live in Siskiyou County, where it's taken over by fish and game, now fish and wildlife, because as you said, it's not about game. It's about rewilding. You said it was about rewilding. So it's not about hunting anymore. It's not about game. It's not about this balance. It's about this imbalance of wildlife and, and, and people who say that they're out to protect and save wildlife, but if you look at the land that the government has taken over, it's a mess. It's a mess, there's no fish. There's, I mean, it's just a disaster. But uh, private property is important to us, not, not I'm, I'm talking about us as a nation, as a, as a people for freedom and liberty, And we are the best stewards of the land, whether you like it or not, we are. Because if we weren't the good stewards that we are on, for example, our ranch or your home, what a disaster that home or that ranch would be. And yet our livelihood is on it. So why would we harm our own livelihood if we didn't want to live with all these plants and flowers and bees and snakes and rattlesnakes and and coyotes and bears and now wolves, we want Live here, but we do. We love living here and we take care of it all. And somehow the um narrative has flipped that the best stewards of the land, you, the owner of that, whatever property that is, is now, you know, you are now the criminal of that, that land. And it is, it's head shaking, John. I
1: see you shaking your yeah, head. It's, it's head just shaking. It's insane. I, while you were talking about this, I was looking up in North Carolina because coyotes thankfully, are the only problem that we really have as far as wildlife right here. But the coyotes, as it says in this article I'm reading, are in all 100 counties of the state. So in the the far reaches of the west, where it's very, you know, mountains, it's just mountains in the western part of the state, all the way where I am on the, the coastal plain. But the coyotes are everywhere, and the problem is they're they're coming into those just – just suburbia neighborhoods now, so they're just out in suburbia, wandering around, killing people's dogs, cats, and everything else. And some of these first articles I'm seeing is, don't don't hurt the coyotes, don't don't do that, don't run, don't hurt them, and it gives you all these tips for for dealing with coyotes. I'm like, well, <laughs> I can think of a couple ways to, to get rid of the coyote problem, but I mean that's just me, but. <laughs>
0: Well, just like just like a you know cats and dogs, I mean they don't just have one offspring; no. they have many, and they expand very quickly. I, I'm sure their gestation is probably, I would guess, is about nine months, probably similar to a human. Maybe it's a little bit less or more. Yeah, it's but shorter. But within I think. the within, pardon.
1: I think it's shorter. I can't re- recall on dogs. I'll, I'll look it up while you're talking. <laughs>
0: I would imagine it's shorter yeah so uh, if you think about okay so we're gonna have five pups and then so and you've got or six pups we had here three male three female I'm sure they interbreed people so you let's say all three let's say two, one out of the the a pair so let's say you have a male and a female well then you've got another five six seven pups and, and then the next year, so now you're up to 12, and it just keeps expanding and expanding. Then they disperse. I mean, it is fast-growing. It's a fast-growing population. And the only reason it's going to keep growing is there is no lethal way to, to um, take care of, to manage the wolves that are in California and Colorado right now. Colorado is having a big problem, and they just voted this in last year. And California has been on this path for a couple of years now that Colorado, some of the ranchers are already experiencing dogs being killed, um, livestock definitely being killed. And, uh, and, and I'm not sure that we've had a problem yet with our livestock being killed. We don't know yet because our cows are all over the ranch um, with the dry weather that we've been having, food is all over, it's scarce. It's not, you know, it's not, you don't come to our ranch and you don't see green everywhere. There are parts that are really green, but the majority of the ranch is not green. It's dry grass already. We are high desert, clay-based soil, and so the feed is limited, and so the cows have to disperse. It's not real limited that we're worried about our cows, but now we're worried that our cows are dispersing and which means they're not herding up. They're not keeping as a tight herd to protect their, their calves from these wolves. So it's like kind of like open, open season yeah. for the wolves. And our, our ranching neighbors, they've lost 14 cows already in the last year to these new wolves into our area. And it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And, uh, and you know, people, you need livestock. You absolutely 100% need livestock. You may not eat the meat, but everything you're touching right now was brought to you by a truck, an airplane, a train, a car, a bicycle, some form of transportation that required some parts of Cattle, livestock, horses, whatever it is, the hooves, whatever it is, to create this byproduct that then makes it necessary and gives your vehicles and your computers and your smartphones and all these other technologies that you use every single day. It helps those things operate properly. I mean, the cow is 99% of the cow is used for something, not just Louis Vuitton bags, not just for that nice barbecued steak. Um, not just the bacon from the pork that you know it, the animal is recycled in so many different ways it's amazing I mean even the the um, uh, fish and game has a video of one of the biggest fires that we had last year wildfires we had last year in California which is called the Dixie fire and they show side by side land, they had a video camera out there for the wolves, not for the wildfire, but uh, this fire happened to go through where this camera was. The camera ended up melting, but they were able to get the, the little card out of it to show that where the cows, the cattle had grazed on this pasture, there was hardly any, and it was, you know, fires have their own windstorm going on, but there were hardly any sparks or what do you call those um
1: yeah, like embers?
0: Um, embers yeah, coming off this land that would then be blown over into, you know, other grass areas because it was already grazed down. And it's just awesome. So you have these animals that are fire suppression. They should be going through these forests and, and chewing up the, the little trees that are growing because our forests are way too thick right now. And it's not because of climate change. Most of the fires that were caused in California last year, not because of climate and the years before. uh, uh, The car fire, uh, not having to do with a car, but um, was caused by a truck pulling a motorhome-like trailer. And there was a, it it got a flat, the trailer got a flat, the motorhome got a flat, and it was dragging... But there was no place, John, for this vehicle to pull over, the tr- this truck and trailer to pull over. Jeez. So they had to keep driving. It was on an area of road, and this road is curvy. It's lined with trees, big trees, and so that's what caused one of the fires. Then we know that P- PG and E had some down in in a wind, windy on a windy day. Their lines were hitting and causing sparks. Um, there was arson on another fire. Um, all sorts of different things that have caused fires. It's not climate change, but they want to blame it on climate change. But anyway, back to the cows. You know, the cows really help keep fires um, at bay. So we should be saying, John, we should be saying, wow, that cow, not how dare that cow. How dare that cow, because they burp and they fart, and (laughs) supposedly that is causing climate change, and it's just such nonsense.
1: Well, it's so unbelievable because it's been a while since we've talked and so many more things have come to pass since then that just substantiate Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. I mean, I was trying to sort of compile a list before we went live here, but it was it's almost impossible to cover it all because all these uh, coincidental food processing plant fires. And before the show, I pulled this up because I didn't even mean to find it, but there it was from a few hours ago in uh Wapaka, Wisconsin and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that from the Walpaca County News fire at food plant uh June June 13th 2022 that's just a few hours old and it shows aerial footage of a big food processing plant on fire and I'm I'm thinking this is the newest fire but I kind of lost count because there've been so many of these fires I mean I kind of stopped counting at like 10 or 12 just in the past couple months but it's all just a big coincidence these enormous food processing plants are on fire we don't have enough baby formula we don't have enough gasoline because of course the pipeline was shut down in the first few days of office for for chairman Biden and you know, they're talking microchips, they're forcing vaccines, they're, I think it's on the 15th they're going to have the vaccine available for even younger children, babies and everything, it'll be great. So, it's kind of yeah. everything we yeah. talked about. The first sort of caveat of this was the rewilding plan, but it's so sad and disgusting at the same time that all these things are coming into fruition. I just keep hoping we're going to be proven wrong eventually, but... Alas, it just sort of keeps becoming more yeah. and more self-evident.
0: No, if you go back to, I, which I don't even know when it was, the first time I was on your show, I can guarantee you everything we talked about, everything. I don't even have to question everything that we talked about we're seeing today. Mm-hmm. And I was on a show yesterday, and we were talking about the same thing. That for the for decades now, I think I finally started connecting the dots back in two thousand seven when I was working, I think it was right around that time when I was working for Google, and I was seeing how at Google so having working in the city like San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and having parents up here where I am right now as ranchers and lifelong ranchers. My dad is, I think, fifth generation. I think I'm sixth. I might be fifth. My dad might be fourth. I can't remember, but all the way from Italy. And uh, so having, you know, my parents in the world of ranching and farming and seeing way back then how the government and people in government were already trying to insert themselves in the way – that we irrigate, not just us, but, you know, many ranchers and farmers across this nation. Um, although, you know, you feel like it's just the attack is on you because it feels so real, and it mm-hmm. is real. And, you're, you know, I remember my parents just going, you know, what are we going to do about X, Y, and Z? But it did begin about water years ago, if, if I am correct. And I remember... My parents were being asked to sign on to, to uh, sign onto permits, saying, and this is how the, so this is a great example, a permit. So we have a river running through our ranch. And so back then it was fish and game. Now it's fish and wildlife, but fish and game was telling my parents, they flanked them, they showed up to my parents' ranch flank them. So you have a fishing game warden on one side of my parents and a fishing game on their backside fully vested in their armor with guns and and saying, (laughs) why aren't you signing on? She's not kidding. My mom's right here. She's listening. She would attest to that. And, and we thought fishing game were, were, we thought these wardens were our friends. We'd always gotten along with fishing game. Mom and dad would have them in their living room and offer them coffee and Whatever else and food, and maybe you know, a drink or two sometimes when, <laughs> but saying, you know, what you have to sign on to this, what they called the 1600 per- permit. The 1600 permit was titled Substantial Streambed Alteration. So, if you think of a stream bed, a river, the stream bed, mm-hmm. substantial meant you could not change, you as a human being cannot go in and change the way the river flows. You can't go in and and cut down banks with your tractor. You can't make the river flow a different direction. You can't do that. That you cannot go through and blaze out all the trees even though it's on your property. Whatever that was called significant. Well today they've changed the meaning of significant. So we, we never signed on to this. Now we're being forced to sign on to it. So you know, two decades later I think it's been we are now at a point where they are forcing us to sign on to it as because if you do not sign on to it it is a crime now. And the crime is is that uh, or or I, I, they're trying to make it a crime. It's not a crime yet because we've done nothing wrong, but they've changed the definite of substantial to mean anything they want it to mean and that is no joke. I'm not saying that with uh, in in any kind of joking manner stream bed significant can mean now that you cut down or you pulled out of the river a dead tree that is considered that normally people would be like oh yeah it's changing the course of the river might you know so take it out it's causing the river to dam up and not flow and but now if you went in to you know cut down that tree or pull it out of the river not cut down the tree, but cut the tree up and get it out of the river. You can be fined. You can be cited. And so, just because they, you know, what what that says to me is the health of the river does not matter. What matters that is that you signed on to a government program that now gives your now puts you uh, in a lineup to be uh, to be what what do you call it inspected. Mm -hmm. So it's not about your private property right anymore. It's not about your water right anymore. It's not about you being a good steward of the land. It's about you going along with a government program. And if you don't, you're in trouble, even though you've committed no crime. So where my dad, you know, in in flood years along a river, would go in and make just minor changes to the stream bank because the stream bank eroded and he'd add it back in. Now he could be with the with now you can be punished for doing the right thing because you didn't sign on to this government program. You didn't say, Okay, I now submit my jurisdiction over to you, Lord Government, right? So um so everything yeah, so we've been saying we've been forewarning about these things, John, to your point. We've been forewarning about these things and here they are. And so when I was at Google there was already this streambed alteration thing going on. And at the same time at Google, my, my, my responsibility was all these speakers coming into Google, including Barack Obama, including Hillary Clinton, including uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Jane Fonda, some of these people, and all those people I just named, intimately involved with the United Nations way before I ever knew that. And now, speaking to the masses, like Google, and having Ben and Jerry was another one. Ben and Jerry of uh, Ben Cohen of Ben and Jerry Ice Cream. Ben Cohen came in to give a speech that I was responsible for setting up the room and setting up the the wireless stream or the stream, you know, all over wherever Google campuses were at that time, all over the world, so that Googlers could hear the information and what information was given by Ben Cohen of Ben and Jerry was that cows are bad for the environment wait you make tons of money off of cattle and milk and milk byproducts and now you're shaming cattle and it was totally false because cows are very good for the environment as i just mentioned about the wildfires for example and cleaning up stream beds so that streams flow faster the water is cooler and more better quality for the fish that they want to see in every stream they being these government agencies and non-government agencies that these people who do not want you and me to be the stewards of the land, but rather they would be the rather they would be the stewards of the land, you know these cows are absolutely amazing animals for uh, for cleaning up and preserving the environment. But if you listen to them, you would think the opposite, and that's where I started to connect the dots on Agenda 21. Was way back in 2007 and 2008 when I was at Google, and then once I opened up, you know that that world, once I saw it, I have never looked back, and every day is spent on somehow trying to expose Agenda 21 to whoever I can. Every conversation I have, I would say over 90% of the conversations I have lead right back into the very conversation you and I are having. I know no other way, John, to get the information out but to just speak it, and I I just might my legacy i pray my legacy would be that you know when somebody picks up a cup of coffee like this mug that they go oh so where did where did did all that come from so the cup got to me by livestock byproducts and a whole bunch of other things mining right for the metal um fossil fuels and then say you know what i better rethink my activism if I'm a so called environmentalist or if I'm so called pro pro wolf or if I'm radical pro liberal, I better start thinking about what I'm using and what I'm saying because right now, John, the majority of people out there are simply hypocrites. I know that sounds harsh, but that's the truth.
1: That's and an absolute if, fact.
0: While they're hypocrites, they are destroying and they're destroying freedom and liberty in their hypocrisy.
1: I mean, not to besmirch Italians at all, because that's where my last name comes from, uh, on my father's side. But, I mean, this whole thing is just a perfect mafioso technique. I mean, this is exactly what you described. You know, it goes along with those old stories of, hey, you should probably get some fire insurance for your store. Hey, you should probably get some fire insurance for your store. Or, or, you know, next week your store's burned down because you didn't pay them off. And get your wink-wink fire insurance. And it sounds exactly like what they did to your parents yeah. where they showed up, you know, they, they tried to strong arm them into doing this. Oh, we got we got our gear on and every sort of tactical accoutrement you can put on it. And we're ready to talk to two ranchers that have a river running through their property. I mean, that that's just so stupid. But not really if you think about it because it's just – it's a mafioso strong arm technique where, you know, Guido's going to rough you up if you don't sign to, to get this fire insurance. And so they sort of lay it out nice and, yeah. and gentle, just like the vaccine. Like, well, you should probably wear your mask. Well, now you got to wear your mask. You should probably take the vaccine. Well, now you got to take the vaccine. You should probably sign this paper. Now you got to sign this paper. I mean, they just keep sort of moving the goalposts. It's it's really hard to say this in yeah. a nice way without without cursing, but I mean that's all they're doing is trying to to manipulate and forcefully coerce people into doing this. I mean it in a legal sense it would be called extortion or RICO or racketeering or but not if the government's doing it. I mean, that's why they went after the organized crime, because they didn't want competition. They're like, Hey, hey, you're cutting in on our profits. We gotta get rid of the Gambinos and all these other crime families. I mean, I say that kind of joking, but that's exactly what they're doing. And for the most part, I think people don't grasp it unless they are are living it like you and your family have been living it, or unless they've got real skin in the game and they they lost their job, or they couldn't open their business, or or so many of these different things. But it all does trickle down to Agenda 21. I mean, if you want to get dark, dark, it's global world government, satanic death cults, I mean, all that stuff. But if we just want to look at the facts... As they're written in their own stinking documents, it's Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030.
0: Yeah, for I'll sure. Hold back. <laughs> I mean, you can go back to 1990. 1990- yeah. you could go back to 1992, where George Herbert Walker Bush, a Republican, Nancy Pelosi, Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi, um, uh, Al Gore, Senator Al Gore. Um, a guy named Blumenthal out of, I think he was under George Herbert Walker Bush. But anyway, left, right, both Republicans and Democrats back in 1992, when the first United Nations Rio Earth Summit on Sustainable Development occurred in Rio de Janeiro, and they were there. So you have Republicans and Democrats who are still in control. Well, maybe George Herbert Walker Bush is no longer in control, but... (laughs) The Bush family obviously has had a very political legacy, powerful legacy in our history. You look look at Nancy Pelosi, you look at uh, Al Gore, they still have political clout. They have an audience, a huge audience, a global audience. And they were there at the first Rio Earth Summit. In fact, in 1992, uh, and they were talking about, John, what you're just talking about, a new world order. Mm-hmm. In George Herbert Walker Bush's own words, back in 1991, before he went to the Rio Earth Summit, in 1991, George Herbert Walker Bush was talking about a new world order. And we know since then that we've we've seen we've all seen those videos of Joe Biden talking about a new world order. So they're not hiding it. They haven't been hiding it. We just haven't been looking for it. And unless you know what to look for, you're not going to probably see it. Unless somebody has said. You know, hey, did you hear about this thing? Did you know about this thing? And most people, you know, it's a a great tactic to call us all conspiracy theorists because, you know, then it cuts away at our credibility. But, you know, truth be told is everything we've been telling you is absolutely true. In fact, they've been telling you, too. Look at Alexandria Communist Cortez and what she's been talking about, the Green New Deal. So who are you going to believe, me or Alexandria Alexandria, Alexandria, Communist Cortez. But either way, you get to the same end game. So you can believe me or you can believe her. But whoever you believe, it's the same end game, which is a one world government system. It is a one size fits all. It is the Tower of Babel. It is uh, what was his name? Um, shoot. Uh, shoot. Nimrod. Nimrod.
1: Yeah, that's exactly Nimrod right.
0: used advanced technology right it's babble and we all spoke one language well look at all the one languages we're speaking carbon credits uh vaccines climate change it's what masks uh social distancing six feet we as a globe as a global citizenry and i am not a global citizen but as a globe, we are speaking and marching to the same tune. Look at 9-11. 9-11 did. 9-11 has all of us traveling the same way. Mm-hmm. When we go through an airport, hands up, right? Exactly. You've got to be investigated. You've got to uh, before, you, you, before you get on a plane, they need to know who you are, right? And you and I grew up, I think, in the age where you used to, well, you could smoke on an airplane. I remember those days. That's but right. But I'm, I'm glad they outlawed that. That was a good thing. But remember, we used to go in the cockpit and talk to the pilots and they would show us their instruments and we could see where we're going. Well, now we have blinders on. They're putting blinders on us through, you know, propaganda. And they had to do that. They had to do that, calling us conspiracy theorists and making sure that people didn't believe us. Because as we were saying, take off your blinders. Look what's happening. They're at the same time saying... No big deal, but they're talking Green New Deal. No big deal. Don't listen to Debbie, but listen to Al. And it's all heading towards the same place, if I didn't already make that clear. It's all heading towards a one government system, a governance system. And, you know, going back to the very beginning of our conversation and and our founding fathers, I've been hearing over and over again lately about from different sources, which is kind of exciting for me, about self-governance and that was you know the design of our country and and being survivors here in America was this thing called self-governance not a governance world governance system but can man rule himself that was the you know over 200 year um, experiment here in America and not and which is why our founding fathers, I believe not knowing too much about them, like somebody like Chris Ann Hall and you, but knowing that our founding is embedded in God as our creator, as you know, whoever your creator is, but you know, God for me and for you, John, I know. Mm -hmm. And in that way, people couldn't rule over you. And so, which is, which is a brilliant design. I mean, It's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. You would, you know, create this new territory as something where man cannot all of a sudden insert and say, I have power over you. I have jurisdiction over you. But that's exactly what we're doing. We are Whether it's my parents' ranch and the government coming along and saying you have to sign on to this, what they're saying is we have jurisdiction over you. No, they don't. They absolutely do not. So something that's been talked about that. Uh, different people have been sharing with me is something called pro se. So you defend yourself in court, not by an attorney, because we know that the attorneys have, you know, they, they, they have to pass the bar. Mm-hmm. And my understanding through many attorneys is you they don't even have to read the U.S. Constitution. But they're supposed to, but that's the supreme law of the land. And so if we're hiring these attorneys to protect our rights um, that are God-given rights that are supposed to be protected by the supreme law of the land, and they don't even know what the supreme law of the land is, same with our elected officials, they don't know what the supreme law of the land is. How can they be protecting our God-given rights, which the supreme law of the land talks about our God-given rights, so do your states, constitutions, but if they're not even reading those, even though they took an oath to them, how can they protect your rights? They can't. No. And so, further and further, we are eroding this self-governance experiment that our founding fathers knew that we could we we could endure. But um, I think they did. Otherwise, you know, why spend the time to create a system where we would just be back where we they were in the beginning, which is dictatorial rule over humans? So, anyway, I'm not sure what you think about all that, but
1: yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty spot on. I've had uh, uh, some other guests talk about the pro se. Um, I won't call it a movement, but I suppose like the the legal representation of the importance of that too, because I mean that's kind of what what the the law, if you want to to get into that, is really all about. Because it's it's written in this ridiculous language where you have to have a specific dictionary to decode it, and then speak the language, and then no, I mean it's just it's meant to be confusing, like so many things you know going back to agenda 21 you know they sort of show you this but it really means this we really want green and energy yeah. and sustainability but in fact they really want slavery and servitude and unsustainability i mean that's it's kind of the sort of occultic double entendre that they sort of weave into all this it seems like
0: they have all these codes and regulations on rivers, on land, on everywhere now. It's all codes and regulations. And so, in order to figure out what their end game is, you either need to give these people a drink, like an alcoholic drink, so they spill their guts, or you're going to have to read through document after document, case law after case law, to decode their terminology. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, we have diversions on our ranch, which uh, most farms and ranches have diversions. In other words, off the off the river, we've got a stream, a small stream, long diversion that goes through and and waters different parts of the ranch. But the amount of water that's coming out that we we take out of the river adjudicated riparian property rights, our water rights from the early or the mid 1800s 50s or the mid 1800s rather so those those rights from god came before the government system here in california so those rights trump these codes and regulations that if you don't understand them you are losing your those rights but 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 this is like which came first and we know which came, the chicken or the egg, we know what came first in these private property scenarios. So we know that our rights came way before government. That's where our country started. And yet it's like reverse, it's, it's, it's totally upside down now. And the only way I believe we're going to be able to turn this around, divine intervention is one way, but the other way is uniting, understanding what is pro say what it is. You know, I, I don't think that our founding fathers wanted to make it difficult for us. Mm-hmm. But I also think, so when you're talking about codes and regulations and how does one defend the, our, your, oneself, I don't think our founding fathers wanted it to be difficult. But I do think that the mindset of the people who were here at that time was very different. I think that talking about God was a natural thing. I think talking about uh, 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 using verses in the Bible was a natural thing. I think carrying a gun was a natural thing. I think working hard and and growing one's own food was a natural thing. I think that that, uh, teaching kids uh, in school about God was a natural thing. I think that, um, you know, there's so many things that to them, hard work, hard work, hard work, natural, um, making your own clothes, a natural thing, uh, inventing new things, a natural thing. Things are different for us now. But I don't think the purpose of self-governance is any different today than it was way back then. I do think it's going to take a lot more effort for us because all those things I just mentioned Most likely don't come natural for a lot of those things don't come natural to us anymore because things are so convenient for us. And it's just a different time. This is not placing blame, but it is our duty. It is our duty. It is our moral and God duty to pass this legacy that we've been given onto the next generations you know, as as long as that can possibly occur. And if we don't, if we don't, if we don't get back into the roots of what founded our being here, and I know there's a whole issue with tribes and we have to get back to, you know, that they were here first sort of thing. I'm going to be called an anti-Indian bigot again. But here's what I have to say is you don't know that you were the first people here I think uh, we don't know that because the earth looked very different when God created it. But as far as continents and land masses and so who knows, right? I don't think we'll ever know. But does it matter? No, because we're all here now and we better figure out how to get along and how to protect, you know, our God given rights here. And if you don't like them, there's other places you can go. I know that sounds so lame, but here's what I've said to tribes and Southern Poverty Law Center has gone off on me and written articles. In fact, I saw a couple last year written about me, and here's what I said. I don't think it's a big deal, John. So who did? So let's say it wasn't tribes who were here first. Let's say it was you, whoever's listening to this, and you you feel... You know, that your aunts, just put yourself in in the shoes of of the Native American tribes and how some of them have been taught to feel like we were bad and we murdered them. Yeah, that might have been the case, but you did too. Your ancestors did too. They did the same thing to each other. So, you know, it it was human nature to survive. It was, the, the tribes took over other tribes' territories. Read the history they killed wolves. You hear now that they, you know, the they celebrate wolves and they're the spiritual animals. No, they, that might have happened. But they also killed wolves for the fur because places were cold and for the meat and the bones that they fed to their dogs, their, their own domesticated animals. And so here's what I said that got me to be such a horrible anti-Indian failed politician, alt-right, <laughs> right-wing Indian bigot. Holy here's cow. what I said. I don't know, and I said to I said this to a Cherokee slash Shoshone Shoshone Indian, and she was the. She was. She pulled together this conference on property rights. She invited me as a speaker, and here's what I said, Elaine, that's her name. I don't know who the tribes wanted to conquer America, because somebody was. That's what they were doing back then. Tyrannical rulers. Murderers, slave owners were figuring out what land they wanted to encompass in their own, you know, treasure box. And sometimes it was murderous. But you know what? We all got the founding fathers. And were they perfect? Absolutely not. Was there bloodshed? Absolutely. Was there corruption? I'm sure there was. But you know what? Look at the life we all live today. It's pretty darn good. Well, considering all the crap that they're doing to us now. But look, in America, we never had to fear food. We never had to worry about food shortages until recently. We never had to worry about, you know, having cars to drive and and all and 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 I know some people might be like, "Well, I didn't get a fair shot and maybe not." But in this country, you were you're provided an opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's lots of money out there for grants and and scholarships and all these different things that we've tried to provide that this nation has tried to provide almost too much to people. So, you know, and you look at other places and, and we've traveled, you know, you and I've traveled uh, many different places and seen sometimes, like I saw at Rio when I went to the Rio Earth Summit in 2012, how the, some people live in squalor. I've So, you know, in other countries, things aren't set up the way they are here and if you don't like it, then, you know, either I don't know what to say. Like, I want to say, you know, if we're like, I don't know, I'm probably going down a rabbit hole that I shouldn't be going down. But, you know, I think we've got it pretty good here. Things suck right now because we see a bunch of people who think they are almighty, powerful and and, and above God and telling us what we can and cannot do to the point where we are either you know, Americans, we can do this, we can do that, or we are Americans. And I think that's where we are, is they're trying to sell, tell you, you can't do this, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But that's not the American spirit. We are Americans, because this country was founded on the idea of opportunity, on private property, on life, on liberty, on, on religion, on spirituality, on moral compass, and all these other Great ideas for a great country using history and other bad countries as an example for what to create in in the future. And I went off on a silly little soliloquy there, but hopefully something in there made sense.
1: Yeah, it's spot on. I mean, it, it all kind of, in my opinion, it's all kind of part of Agenda 21 because they have created a victimhood Class, and it, it's every color, it's every ethnicity, it's every sex and gender, and all these other stupid words. But they've created a victim class out of I would conservatives conservatively say about three generations of this stuff. So they've created in K through twelve indoctrination, college, university weaponization. They've created this class of I'm a victim, and if you if you can't find your victim status, you can go to school long enough, and they'll find one for you. Like, at, at some point in the game, everybody's going to be a victim. But they've they've created this, we have to embrace our victimhood rather than just embrace our similarities, work together and move on. It's like, no, let's embrace that one time that this one horrible thing happened and where's my money? Where's my extra whatever? It's just like, no, that that's dumb. Like... I don't know enough about Native Americans to comment, but I would say that is not the mentality that made Native Americans strong. That's not the mentality that made Africans, Africans or Asians, Asians or whatever like that mentality didn't exist. If it did, they didn't survive long in their own culture or here, because that's just not what made people strong. I mean, if you look back whatever sect you want to polish this with, I mean, it's all the same like. That victim thing just doesn't work out. It's, all right, we got beat down here, but we're going to come back and fight here. We're going to come back and fight there. We're going to be stronger and so forth and so on. But, I mean, they've done everything to to take that mentality out, which is why we, we have such weak men and women now. Yeah. And I, I, it's even racist and sexist and homophobic to even say men and women. So, <laughs> these weak entities that will define their I, own yeah. sect. <laughs> by themselves,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know, and and I know we're we're talking about a lot of doom and gloom here, and because it feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It just feels, <laughs> and it 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 is. It's 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 hard to. I know so many people who are tired and exhausted these days because this is just such a mental head trip. It is such a mental head trip in in not a good way at all. I mean no. the but but what we're seeing what we're seeing with this conversation about pro se and and defending oneself in court and and these quasi you know court systems that are set up is even attorneys now even I ran into an attorney coming from DC the other day um, who we just happened to start talking and and got on to environmentalism and even he as a retire recently retired attorney is saying we got all these messed up courts and these judges who are bought and paid off for. And so he's like, I don't even recognize my occupation anymore. And I'm glad I got out, but that's the kind of person you actually want back in is to start, you know, realigning our current court system so that, you know, you yourself can defend yourself without wasting a lot of money on a, on a, an attorney, who immediately turns you over to the court system. I think I lost it's you, funny John. you
1: mention that because oh, I you. talked to an attorney so anyway. just the other day who said the same thing. He's like, yeah, I've been practicing law for like 30 years and I can't wait to be done with this. I can't wait to get out of it because it's not what it was 30 years ago. It's a nightmare. It's not anything like it's well, supposed to be.
0: Let's pray that we've got some attorney-type whistleblower people who start saying undoing what's been done within the court system before, you know, I'd like to see it within my lifetime so I can help my parents protect their property that they worked hard for and earned. We didn't inherit this piece of property. My parents earned and bought it, and anybody could have bought it. It was for sale. Anybody could have bought it but we know for sure that the government wants it. They want the water, they want the land, and they want the money. They, for all of us, this is not just, and you're right, under Agenda 21, everybody moves into what they call the built world, where mm-hmm. you have your stack and pack housing, and you're seeing it all over. we are seeing this happening all over in the major regions. So San Francisco, for example, Los Angeles, New York, Denver, the major cities, you can see all the buildings, all the construction and you wonder when we're hurting financially so bad, where are people getting all the money to build all these malls that look exactly the same and all these buildings that are super high and have, you know, apartment living above and retail down below so you can walk and bike and take public transportation. Up the road to your job, which is also in a building with retail down below. And all the restaurants, the same restaurants, everything's starting to look the same. This is the design of Agenda 21, the agenda for the 21st century. A 100-year plan where you and I live in the concrete world and nature around us is preserved for what they call future generations. When you consider how much the land around us is being locked up in perpetuity, which means forever. So now we're we're saying this is all for future generations and we need to preserve the biodiversity. No, all you're doing is keeping people out of your locked land. You're taking land away from private owners and conservation easements. And you're saying you can never touch that land again. You can never touch this way. You can never build. You can never put a crop. You can't put your animals in there. That is a moral issue for you and me. How can we say in this generation at this time that we are going to lock up land and we're not just talking an acre here and here. We're talking millions, hundreds of millions of acres. Away from future generations. How can one look at themselves in the mirror and say, I did a good job today. I locked up another river. I locked up another piece of property. So no one can ever touch it again. How is that cool? So we're heading towards a food crisis. You know, we're hearing all about it. Whatever land just was locked up by some government agency, partnering with some non-government agency like Nature Conservancy, making up some endangered species or putting an endangered threatened species on that property and then saying, oh look, we found a tiger salamander that's endangered and threatened, so now we need to save that, we need to preserve that critical habitat. How about that land could have been used for you know food crops, They don't care. It's not about protecting and preserving and future generations. It's about control. It's about greed. It's about power. And that's the bottom line. Driven by wicked, evil spirits. Spirited people.
1: Mm.
0: And that, that is, is the Agenda truth. 21. Agenda Man. for the twenty century. It's an Agenda 2-1. An Agenda 2-1 World Government System. And it's so appropriate when you think about agenda and 21 agenda and a two and a one. It is an agenda to a one world government system. It's right there in front of our face. And it always has been.
1: Oh, man, (laughs) I wish we could end it on a good note, but I don't think we can. (laughs) I don't think we can. We got to have you back on to talk about your D.C. trip because we didn't even get into that today.
0: Oh, it was crazy it is truly a swamp. But here's the good news that I want to, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, we know how the story ends. But that's great, but to me it doesn't make a difference right now in the pain that I'm feeling right now. But what does bring hope is that more and more people are waking I, I don't like the are 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 becoming aware of the egregious, tyrannical actions by not only our elected, some of our elected officials, but also by agencies and organizations. And I think the the you know the more we expose, the more people we're going to bring in to reality and and where we're heading. And in that masses of people that we are bringing in we are embracing that's where we find the the people who are willing to be on the front line you know if we only had a few people who were awake and aware it's less of a pool for us to pull out the leaders because I am not a leader I am not a leader I do not have leadership qualities I'm a good ideas person but having my ideas put into fruition I need a team And i'm not a good leader so i'm kind of stuck i've got a great idea but i need a team but i don't know how to lead i don't know how to get people moving in the direction i know we need to go so it takes all of us it's going to take you know somebody to do the somebody who's really good at advertising and 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 doing you know videos and i mean it takes all of us it takes it's not just a few people it's going to take all of us doing a little bit, you know, the things that we want to do and the things that we're really good at and the things that we're inspired to do. But it's going to take some really good leaders to say, okay, we need to do masses of classes on, on pro se. Like I'd love for somebody to come forward and say, I've got a free or a class that's going to cost you five bucks. Cause you know, let's say we get thousands of people to take this pro se course that, you know, no matter who you you are and and, or when some property and says hey you have a car that's been sitting out on the road for weeks now and your neighbors are complaining because it's obviously you know you're not you're not keeping it up and it's deteriorating and it looks like an eyesore you're like no this is my property or it's in your driveway Hmm. it's it's my property i can have a you know but we're seeing that We're seeing these code enforcement people come on your property and say, you're in violation. Well, what am I in violation of Of this code? Well, how does that code apply to me? Does it even apply to you? And it probably doesn't, right? So whether it's my ranch or your driveway and what you do in the front of your house on your property, they're coming after. They're coming after. And... You know, the crazy thing is it's uh, human beings just like you and me coming after you and me. But they've got a kink in their thing. And the more we learn pro se and the more we learn what our founding fathers really wanted for us, I think the more we have a chance to turn this ship, S-H-I-P, this (laughs) ship around.
1: I love it. That's a good way to end it today. And we got to get you back on to talk about the D.C. thing and and so much more because I feel like we didn't. We didn't get too far into it today, but as you said sort of at the beginning, we didn't expect to. It's a big problem. we got to talk about it a bunch. But where can people support you or follow what you do yeah. or do anything to help?
0: Oh oh my gosh, I wish I were, see, this is where I'm an ideals person, ideas person, but I don't put things together. Um, there's really no place that, you know, I don't have a website I should by now. I mean, I'm selling meat and eggs and all sorts of things and I should have a website and I don't, um, plus all the information, the studying I've been doing at the United Nations, going to the United Nations conferences that I attend, you know, throughout the years. Um, so where they can reach me is just look up my name, Debbie, D-E-B-B-I-E, on Facebook or Instagram, uh, D-E-B-B-I-E, and the last name is B-A-C-I-G-A-L-U-P-I, the way John has it um, on my name is right, and, uh, and you can you can contact me through dbachagalupi at gmail.com. I speak all over. And my phone number is 650-417-1674. I speak all over so you can contact me through my email or through my phone number. I don't charge. You know, I don't charge. I just hope that people will help me with my cost of getting to wherever you are. And uh, I have a, what I'm told, a very great PowerPoint and keynote presentation that even the, you know, as somebody who's never heard of Agenda 21, by the time we're done, um, it finally gets it and can start you know, putting pieces together for themselves, which is really awesome to know that that's the kind of communication that my PowerPoint and my keynote put together for others because it's going to take a mass education, re-education, mm-hmm. even on cattle and livestock byproducts, but a, a, a renewing of our minds when it comes to the 21st century and evil, wicked people who are in control and power and greedy and want you to be an American, you can't can't do this, you can't do that, versus I can do this, I can do that, and rely on yourself, rely on ourselves versus dependent on an out-of-control government with out-of-control people running an out-of-control government. But anyway, so thank you for asking. I, I wish I had a book. I Somebody should write a book for me. I'll, I'll just jabber, 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 right?
1: <laughs> that's the way I feel. I was like, I still but, need to uh, do this book thing, but I don't know when that's going to happen, so. <laughs> well, thank Maybe you so much. If pray. you'll stick around for pray a second, for I will uh, close up and talk to you off the air there.
0: Sounds good. Thank you so much, John.
1: All right, perfect. All right, folks, if you missed any of that, check out AnomicAge.com. You can get all the video, all the audio, from today's show and the previous other two as well, plus a litany of other guests, all there at anomicage.com. As I always, say you can't do everything, but you can do something. Anything would help. Well, oh, not anything, but something. Please <laughs> be safe out there. I'll be seeing you sooner than later in the Anomic Age. <laughs>